Hello and welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy. This is episode three and we're going to have a look at Corpse Roads because why not? If you go to www.icysedgwick.com forward slash corpse hyphen roads you'll be able to see the photographs that go with this post and leave me a comment if you'd like. So I Corpse Roads, A just because I find them fascinating because I'm a bit weird and B because I don't think that they get enough attention Uh, and Corpse Roads themselves if you think of the name might conjure up weird mental images of highways that are either paved with the dead or possibly byways that are only used by them but they're actually a lot more straightforward so you've got to go back to a time when places weren't as connected as they are now so you didn't have the bus routes you didn't have the train lines um, you would certainly wouldn't have motorways you know you'd have quite basic routes connecting places up and because of that often uh, communities could be quite quite widespread and some parts of them could be quite remote and it meant that parts of these communities had nowhere nearby where they could actually put their dead now that's because only churches actually held burial rites so they were the only ones who were allowed to bury bodies and the churches could be miles away from smaller villages or indeed uh, isolated farms so the corpse road was the solution which connected the small communities to the graveyards, meaning that there was access to consecrated ground. So in the UK, corpse roads can also be called burial roads, funeral roads or lichways. And if you play World of Warcraft, you might go, ooh, Wrath of the Lich King, but that's another story for another time. But as you can imagine, corpse roads have become pretty well associated with wraiths and ghosts of various stripes. Um, But if you're going to come with me now, we're going to take a walk along these old corpse roads and see what we can find. Now, if you look on my blog post, you will see a photograph of a corpse road in Cumbria. And I'm not going to lie, it looks a lot like a path through a field with some some sheep actually wandering along it. Now, this is the corpse road uh, that led between Mardale and Shap. And until 1736, this was the corpse road that was used to get from Mardale to Shap for the burial ground. However, in 1736, the town got a new church called Holy Trinity, which meant that the people of Mardale could bury their dead much closer to home. But now, Mardale actually lies at the bottom of the Horswater Reservoir, uh, which was created in 1939 to submerge the village in the process. But it, before they did so, they actually transferred 97 sets of remains from the churchyard to Shap. So basically, it seems like the dead of Mardale were destined to lie in Shap, come hell or high water, quite literally in this case. Now, Atlas Obscura point out that locals didn't want rotting bodies carried across their land, which explains the remoteness of the paths. However, there is another reason for that, which we'll get onto in a minute. But according to Philippa Waring, land actually becomes a public right of way if a corpse is carried over it. Uh, I did a bit of digging into this to see if that is actually true, and it's not enshrined in British law. Now, a chap wrote into the Folklore Journal in 1928, pointing out a belief in East Lancashire, that it took the passage of three funerals over a road to turn it into a public highway. Now, because obviously that isn't in law, it's entirely possible that it was actually the fact that the only people using these paths would be pallbearers. So if you had enough people following the same route, it would eventually create a path from A to B, but that didn't mean it was a public highway. So then eventually the corpse roads fell into disuse because even the poorer classes, as they're put in this article... Uh, began to use hearses so you didn't need the corpse roads anymore and on top of that there was also um, closure awards which actually divided up the common land so a lot of the boundaries that got put in actually cut across corpse roads so mourners had to be persuaded to use actual highways to keep them out of the way so 
How exactly do corpse roads actually relate to folklore? Well, there are quite a lot of tales around them, and one of them is that people believed spirits travelled in straight lines, or could only travel in straight lines even. And if you've ever played Pac-Man, you might think that's probably true. So they thought that in one way to stop a ghost returning home after being buried was to take their corpse on like a meandering route to the graveyard and that could explain why corpse roads don't take a direct route and it would also explain why they're often quite remote or quite isolated. Quite a lot of people feared that they would encounter bad luck if they had to follow a different path for whatever reason and this may be due to the belief that the corpse had to be taken along an actual corpse road to prevent them returning home later on. A side aspect of the corpse road is the corpse candle, which you often get associated in Wales. And people believe that the corpse candle actually travelled from the, along the route from the cemetery to the dying person's house and back again. And these were some like a death omen. So the lights would appear on the night before a death. The spirit basically traced its path to the cemetery in advance. Uh, and some people confuse these corpse lights with the will-o'-the-wisp. Very different thing. That was a mischievous spirit that tried to lead travellers astray, usually in the marshes. Now, obviously, to play Scully for a moment, the possibility remains that such lights did actually exist, particularly produced by the methane gas that you get with decomposition, particularly over marshes and so on. But there's a slightly more cool explanation, and that's that barn owls can sometimes be luminescent, so it's entirely possible people just saw glow-in-the-dark owls, which I think is absolutely badass. I don't know about you. There are other legends as well. Uh, Legendary Dartmoor relate one that mourners carried corpses' feet first so that they were pointing away from their home as they were taken to the cemetery, and this again apparently prevented them from coming back. Sometimes the road would uh, go across bridges or stepping stones, because spirits apparently couldn't cross running water. That's a belief more commonly associated with vampires, but there you go. But there was a lot of effort went into making sure that the dead couldn't come back to haunt the living. Some of the corpse roads also featured an additional piece of equipment, shall we call it, called a coffin stone. And this is basically, as you might imagine, a large flat surface, which meant that the mourners could set the coffin down to give them a bit of a rest. This was because the, cof- the coffin couldn't touch the ground, because um, if it did, apparently it meant the spirit could wander off. Lamplu in Cumbria has one. They're also known as a corpse cross as well. And that particular one is quite near the church, which again would give pallbearers a bit of a rest before they got to the church. I hope there's a few more along the route, because some of the corpse roads in that area can be sort of 12 miles long. And there's also a coffin rest in Grasmere, which was once home to William Wordsworth. It looks very different and I've got photos of both of these in the blog post, but it basically performs the same function. On top of that, this is something I'd never come across before, but there's another type of coffin rest that you find in the 18th century. And that's where churches had like a parish coffin that could be used by the very poor. So what you would do is, if you died, or when you died, your family would wrap you in a shroud, they would borrow the parish coffin and use that to carry you to to your grave. They'd bury you, but then they would take the coffin back to the churchyard and leave it in the rest for the next person who needed it. So it's like a communal coffin. It's quite an interesting concept. So a lot of the surviving corpse roads are just meandering paths and we may never know quite how many there were because many of them are probably lost in the mists of time. But for those that still have their crosses and their coffin stones, they do remain a slightly eerie pathway through the English landscape. So what I want to know is would you ever follow a corpse road? So you can pop over to my uh, blog post and leave a comment. And I just because just I'm nosy and I'd like to know. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did, you can subscribe through Hear This, Spotify and Hopefully by the time this goes live, iTunes. Obviously, if you enjoy it, 
feel free to pass on the word to other people and I will be back next week with a post about the folklore of snowdrops as we'll be coming into February. So I shall see you then. Bye-bye now.